What's up, faders? Here we are in the west side of Shinjuku. It's me, Johnny, and I'm here interviewing my friend and my hero, VJ Bickle. <laughs> VJ Bickle, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, bro. And, all right, I've known you for a long time. You're famous in Europe. You're very, very famous in Amsterdam. But in Japan, you've got your debut coming up this Thursday. All right, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Um, so my name is Timothy. I... Basically, I'm a person who is, I actually just kind of do what I want to do. And I can be a bit of a stubborn guy. Just like I really go for it when I want something and I don't listen to anybody. Okay, that's like everybody that's <laughs> listening to the show right now. <laughs> right? Professionally, professionally, what do you yeah. do? So, um, yeah, I'm a VJ and I'm a video artist, video director. I would say, and I do a lot of my projects totally by myself. Like I'm a one-man band, basically doing anything video or like uh, uh, animation-related, and I also do a little bit, bit of design stuff. And I am the organizer of Hoodstock Block Party in Amsterdam, which is the only true block party Amsterdam has. Um, yeah, that's what I do. That's awesome, man. How did you get into VJing? Like, how does somebody get into VJing? I mean, DJing, mm -hmm. DJing is, like, pretty easy to get into. I mean, basically, yeah. you go to a nightclub, you see somebody up there DJing, you can watch them, and you're like, all right, that's pretty cool. I mm -hmm. can do that. Back in the day, that's what I did for years before I even picked up, like, yeah. a, a record and actually used yeah, it yeah. to, like, mix and scratch and shit. But getting into VJing, it just seems so complicated. Like, I've got friends at VJ, and mm -hmm. when they VJ, they're, like, they're in front of, like, this... Like it looks like a space station like controller room yeah. with all these yeah, yeah, yeah. blinking buttons and stuff. Yeah. How do you get into that, and how do you learn that kind of like an art form? Um, somehow, basically, one day one person told me that I should do it. And <laughs> was it your dad? No, it was not my dad. So there was this like uh, a thing in my neighborhood, like this uh, I call it like a community center thing where young kids can learn like how to DJ and uh, you can also take like a little film class and stuff and it's like subsidized by the government. And I was doing like DJ workshops over there because I wanted to be a DJ, but somehow like I just really wanted to try way too many things at once. And I, I, I just was like trying to, I was thinking too much out of the box to be like a good DJ. Like I really wanted to do some out there shit. And then I started filming and the filming stuff really popped off really quick. <laughs> and then one of the guys at the community center said like, hey, we're doing a party, you should VJ. And the party was like in the small room of the Paradiso, which is like a big uh, big venue, uh, pop, pop venue in, in uh, Amsterdam. Um, and he was like, yeah, you should VJ. And I'm like, no, no, I can't do that. I never done that, no can't do it and, and he's like yeah no you should just do it and i'm like no 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 i, I don't know how the shit works he's like yo just do it and i'm like okay i'll do it and now i'm here I'm, yeah it's it's really how it started i want to thank uh Marta really uh much for giving me uh that that opportunity and basically creating that opportunity for me because uh without him i probably would have never become a vj that's wild dude so you started off Wait, in like a small kind of like uh, like what block party or no, was it like just like, like a nightclub or something? Because now you're doing festivals yeah. and you're doing yeah, shit like yeah. all over the world and stuff. But back in the day, it started off like really small, like what, like uh, somebody's apartment party or some shit, aka house yeah. party. No, it was like the showcase of the community center mm -hmm. local act. So you started off at the bottom yes. and worked your way all the way up to the top. But I did start in the party, so so that was good. 
Well, I mean, that's you had your foot in the door. It's a nice place to start. <laughs> and yeah. they had like this video mixer over there, which I had never touched before. And I had two laptops, and then I just started messing with it all night. And I had made like a couple of thingies. And after that, it was like, yo, I'm definitely gonna do more with this. And around that time, a friend of mine called uh, Evander. Um, he started the party and me and Evander had been going uh, like since way back uh, always being just some crazy guys like uh, yeah we were just crazy as fuck and um, we would also film stuff together and uh, he started a party called Wave Files in the Club Up which is a really cool underground place uh, in Amsterdam and he started that together with Jero Vandal and Jero Vandal is now touring the world and has become like the number one producer, remixer guy of like the future beat scene. Um, yeah, we had like like this alternative underground party, uh, beats party, and uh, yeah, I was VJing for them. And then slowly, basically, the whole a whole new scene was existing with also the people you met in Amsterdam where you painted for, like Peter and and uh, yeah, I started to being like the. The one VJ guy in that scene who was working together with everybody. And uh, yeah, from that point, I, I started building. And in 2015, that really got to like a point where I had like a real breakthrough. And I really got big and started doing festivals and stuff. And, and uh, that was basically the point that I started doing hip hop. So you mostly just do hip hop right now? Yeah, and it's actually kind of cool because when I when I was starting all this stuff, like hip hop wasn't really uh, in a good place. Um, so, um, yeah, you should get another beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they, don't worry, the, the listeners know what kind of yeah, drunk yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, being drunk is good. <coughs> oh, yeah. I love being drunk at work. Oh yeah. <laughs> So, um, where was I? I was talking about uh, the break. Yeah, so when I got into the stuff, hip-hop was like at its lowest point. Like it was like 2009 or 2010. Like it was totally not cool to go to a hip-hop thing. But I'm really a big fan of hip-hop music. What kind of hip-hop? Um... Like American hip hop, is there like French hip hop, German hip hop, or? There's really good Dutch hip hop. And yeah. maybe there's a way I can put some tracks somewhere that listeners can check out some Dutch stuff. Yeah, that'd I can be great. Yeah, do some definitely. recommendations or something. Hell yeah. Um, the Netherlands have had, has had like a really, um, how do you call it, prolific... Um, oh shit, I forgot the word. Progressive. It has like a really progressive hip-hop scene, which mm -hmm. like really had its own style and own type of beats. And um, yeah, it was really groundbreaking. And that was like stuff I was really into. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of great hip hop from America, especially like from Detroit. Um, you're just saying that. No, it's really true. I'm going <laughs> to let... insane clown posse. You're rubbing... <laughs> you're making no, no, me feel bad. <laughs> you no, know, my no, cousin no. was their DJ. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. No, but there's, there's like some really good, good uh, people from around there. And... I always had the idea that hip-hop was never going to be my bread and butter because the scene wasn't popping and um, I don't know, I just didn't think there was pla a place for me. And the, the moment I got one shot in hip-hop, it changed my life completely. So, I mean, yeah, it must have been meant to be or something, I guess, like... That's what I see. I didn't even I didn't even know that hip hop had a huge VJ scene, you know. But maybe it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't? No. Because like usually when I go to like techno events or drum and bass events or any kind of bass music events, there's always like a VJ. Sometimes yeah. two or three VJs working together. Sometimes, yeah. and then I I've been to hip hop parties and mm -hmm. usually when I went to hip hop parties in Tokyo, there wasn't really a VJ there, but mm -hmm. there's just like you know like pole dancers. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like the exactly. I prefer the pole dancers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But well, I mean, I, I got pole dancer visuals and booty visuals. So these are the best. That's awesome. Now I got another question about this. Like mm -hmm. I don't know much about VJing, yeah. although I got a couple of really good friends who VJ. And I, I've just never really talked to them about their art form, even though I should have. But the thing is, like, when people VJ, do they videotape everything that they use, or do they? take things from the internet or from movies yeah. or is it a combination of all three yeah. what, what is it and how do you operate 
It's definitely <laughs> like a uh, combination of all three. So um, I decided pretty quickly when I got into hip hop that I'm just like in the club and I was like, DJs are not spinning their own music or something, right? So yeah. why should I only use my own visuals? Mm-hmm. If there's a world of crazy dope ass visuals I can, I can take from. So there, there's actually, uh, uh, you can buy visuals and the really good ones, they will cost you a bit and you won't really find them on like torrents because it's like such a niche. Um, you also have like a lot of uh, VJ guys and they, like they give the one little cl- clip away for free so you can find stuff like that. Uh, there's like websites like Free Loops, they give one free loop uh, away a day and you can sign up and get like the whole catalog for a bit of money. Um, and what I also do is like when a really dope music video drop drops, I kind of cut out the rapping mm-hmm. and usually I cut out the artist altogether. But when the song drops, I do have like the style of the video, like I have all the B-roll and stuff, and it just creates like a vibe, I guess. Dude, that's fucking awesome. Right, so that's stuff that I do, and I do make my own visuals also. Of course. Are you making visuals here in Tokyo? I am going to make some visuals for my show on Thursday. I still have to do it. I've been drunk a lot here. That's my fault, and I, I really yeah. apologize for that. Actually, I don't. I encourage it. Yeah. <laughs> You're a friend, man. I got to get you wasted in Tokyo. Bro, people encourage me to drink like crazy here. I mean, I've been out with Anthony also. He's, he's just, we just had some beers. but yeah, Anthony H. who's on the show, man. He's a good yeah, friend. Shout out to Anthony. Hell yeah. Um, but you definitely are a feeder, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I encourage people to do the worst. <laughs> I'm a bad guy, but I'm a bad guy with a golden well, heart. Yesterday, I went to the R Lounge with DJ Hokuto was there and DJ Irvan from Amsterdam, who's a DJ god. Mm-hmm. And I was really getting f- feeded over there. Like, wow. Like, I think they were giving me absinthe shots. Because absinthe the, shots? They were what like the really bitter and there was like a little amount of drink in the shot. Like, half a normal shot. Oh Jesus Christ! You got, dude, if if you're shooting drinks, if it's not tequila, don't fuck with it. Mm. <laughs> That's sort of the rule of thumb for an alcoholic. I, I sure as hell was fucking with it, and I had an amazing time. <laughs> All people who never drink, I'm not gonna call names, but they were drinking yesterday, mm-hmm. so that's cool. And um, yeah, man, I. I Tokyo has really took me in with open arms. Like I have never had like uh, had it like this, where I just come somewhere and everybody's just like hooking up with me and bringing me places. And and you know, yesterday they wouldn't allow me to buy my own drinks. Like they were just giving it to me all the time. And it's Tokyo just, love, man. That's real love, man. I really, really appreciate it, and I really made some cool friends here. And and uh, I'm really, really. Uh, yeah, I really love the scene around here, man. Yeah, it's a really good scene, man. Fucking the scene's full of love, dude. Yeah. I, I'm not too familiar with the hip-hop scene. Like, I got friends that do hip-hop yeah. and stuff. And I, I just had a hip-hop episode where I learned about, like, the hip-hop scene here and stuff. But I'm, I'm more in, like, the, the drum and bass, mostly drum and bass, dub, dubstep, uh, techno scene out here. So hip-hop is actually kind of, yeah, I'm old school mm-hmm. hip-hop. I used to listen yeah. to hip-hop when I was in high school. Like, I back so. then, yeah, 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 said, dude. Tribe s- Called Quest. Yeah. Ho- Tribe Called Quest. When Tribe came out and shit, it was like Tribe, yeah. the Fugees, yeah. Wu-Tang, That's Diggable Planets, Farside, all that yeah. shit. When I was in high school, man, that, that was mm-hmm. my jam, dude. That's what I fucking loved. But then, you know, when I moved to California from Detroit, Detroit, basically, mm-hmm. all my friends are DJs. And I went to a lot of raves in Detroit, obviously. Yeah. But but when I went to uh, San Francisco, yeah. I, I just, like, fit in with all these DJs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then soon enough, I just started DJing myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was with records. Wow. you know. And I have to say that because if I'm, like, DJing, you know, I got to put my... hip-hop. No, no. I, I had a lot of friends that DJed hip-hop. Oh. But I spun, I spun jungle and drum and bass back then. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And to be honest, hip hop is tough, man. Drum and bass is really, really, really tough because mm. the music's so fast. Yeah. Matching beats with records, okay? Yeah, now, yeah, this, is, yeah. this is not MP3s where you push a button. You've got yeah. records, and fucking the, the beats are boom, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're trying to like you're like either like matching the high or the low mm-hmm. and stuff. And yeah. it was tough as shit, dude. So yeah. I mean, hip hop 
being so slow, mm-hmm. it's got to be equally as difficult because it's easier to make a train wreck. You know, if the yeah. record slips, if the needle pops, yeah. if anything happens, you're fucked. And then everybody like calls you a whack ass DJ. Yes. So everybody's also like in hip hop, the, the scene is always like very upfront, like, yo, you fucked up, man. You're bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I think all scenes are like that, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. You have to imagine, like, definitely nowadays, like, with, with like, the, the, the hip-hop scene, it's, um, tracks really have turned into, like, compositions and stuff. Yeah. So not only do you have to be able to match a beat, which no track has the same BPM as another one, mm-hmm. um, also... It's you, you similar now, though. That is the... Before, no, they were really different, but... Yeah, but nowadays you have tracks where, like, <laughs> Travis Scott just dropped a tune, which is three tunes in one tune, and everybody knows the tune being like that, so you have to play it like that also. Like, you can't just uh, okay. pick one part. Sounds like the Beatles. Um, so, basically, DJs, they have to have, like, certain skills, like turntablism skills. They have yeah. to really work the decks, you know? Yeah. And they have to be creative in a way. Like, they really have to make... It's like a puzzle, you know? Yeah. You cannot fit every track together. Like, it just won't work. And I have to VJ on top of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, lots of VJs. If you VJ on techno, you always just have the BPM you can sync with. Mm-hmm. But I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And... It's it's like there's part where there's no beat, right? So how there's a drop, and but it's like way different than from like a techno. It's like a really obvious drop. There's like all these things you, uh, you really have to know the songs, else you're just fucked. You're not gonna be able to play around with your visuals. Like you can't rock the crowd if you don't know the music. Like like you have to really get it. I, I think. That, well, I, I I can't say that's true or whatever. I, I have no idea and stuff. I mm-hmm. mean, but. I do have a question regarding that. So basically, are the visuals kind of in sync with the music? So basically, if somebody's making one movement, mm-hmm. you're trying, or so, if somebody's making one movement, it's kind of going in sync with like the music that they're listening to. Yeah. Does that make so sense? The thing is, when you are like watching television mm-hmm. and you mute the television and you put music underneath it, it kind of starts syncing up automatically by itself and sometimes it even looks like if you put like on hip-hop and you watch the news it's like sometimes it looks like the news anchor is like rapping (laughs) which is fucking (laughs) hilarious (laughs) you can make the anchorman rap about money and bitches Um, so Fox is pretty much (laughs) Fox News man money and bitches it's a new tagline so basically what I do is I kind of have visuals that kind of flow so i don't have visuals so if you are working like techno or like in holland you have like hardcore and hardstyle yeah you can be like and you really can stab with your visuals but i can't stab i gotta flow right it's yeah. maybe a bit abstract what i'm saying now but that's how it works for me mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i make stuff that will flow by itself and then it kind of catches the flow of the music and then I know these tricks to get them flowing better and better, and I can match the one thing with the one song, etc. So just like the DJ is doing a puzzle, I'm building a puzzle on top of the puzzle. That's awesome. <laughs> right? So if you're somebody going to the club for the first time and you're experiencing all of this all together, after listening to this, they're like, they can kind of piece the music to the visuals yeah. and experience a whole new realm of just creativity. Yeah, so that's that's what what we always try to do is just like really take the whole hip hop experience like to the next level and really, yeah, just create a show out of it. And that's been really dope that we are I, I I'm like the resident VJ at club uh, club the Melkweg Encore. I love um, Melkweg. I've painted there like three times. I know, I know. It's pretty dope. Um, Encore is like the biggest hip hop party of the Netherlands. We also have like Encore Festival. Which we do also like a really big stage with like LED screens and stuff. Um, so it's a pop venue, like people perform there. And what we kind of are doing is we're mixing up like the club life experience with like our own audio visual hip hop show. So it's kind of also like going to a pop venue and checking out a show. That's pretty dope. Dude. I, I got a question. Actually, I got several questions. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, the first question is all right. With the advancement of technology, you know, for mm-hmm. like audio equipment, like v- or DJs, for example, all right, the turntable was a very basic machine, 
but using it properly was extremely yeah. complicated. Yeah. And then came the CDJs, which mm-hmm. made DJing very e- mm-hmm. easier, easier, right? And then now they have this this ultra CDJs, mm-hmm. which has made it extremely, extremely easy, mm-hmm. but also it can be complicated on what you want to do. Yeah. Is it the same with VJing? Like, was like uh, the more advanced of the technology, is it easier to do, or does it open up more possibilities to do more complex things? It's definitely less of a hassle to VJ right now. So I know people from Amsterdam who were VJing in like the 80s. Uh, they would have to bring uh, basically a home computer. Uh, they, they would hook that up to a mixer. But even before that, people would VJ with videotapes. Mm-hmm. So just like the whole hassle of having to take crates full of vinyl uh, to a club, the same as if you're working with video. And then with video, you can't just pick up the needle and, and, and put it somewhere else. You have to actually rewind the tape, etc. So they would record um, um, a visual to a tape. And sometimes they had to like pause and play to get it recorded right. And oh. then every tape was one loop. Dude, you're blowing my mind right now. So are you saying like in the disco era, yeah. there were people there with like two VHS, like yeah. like recorder, like, was it VHS machines with like yeah. a crate full of like VHS tapes and they're popping them in, pushing play, rewind, play, rewind, play, mm-hmm. rewind. And they had a mixer, so they're mixing yeah. them together. That's insane, um, dude. Actually, I think somebody should bring that back, that whole retro 80s can, shit. Can, yeah, I can, I can, if you're in Amsterdam, I can take you to the guys who still have a wall of VHS tapes and they can kind of tell you how they did it. And they were working with like a video mixer, which was like a broadcast video, like they would use it on news channels and stuff, like to just cut shots mm-hmm. for like live, live things. They would use something like that. Which was, were also like very expensive machines, um, and nowadays you just bring your laptop, and the laptop the quality is way better. Like everything, just you got HDMI out, you can do 4K, you can really go out there. There's this piece of software, Resolume. It's uh, yeah, it's video mixing software, I guess, and it, it works really fluently. Mm-hmm. On just if you have a decent laptop with a video card, you're gonna be able to work with it. And you can do really advanced things with it. So you can also do like multi-screen setups. Some I've done, I've done setups where I had like thirty different screens. Thirty. Yeah. Jesus. Christ. So what they do is they, um, and I never really get the chance to have a lot of input on how the stage looks or comes out because usually you're doing like a co-production. Mm-hmm. So on Friday there's gonna be a techno party, and then they ask the party on the Saturday like, hey can we uh, work together and split the cost of the production? So usually I get a design that's made for like a techno party. And uh, yeah, so there's like people who do like stage design and they design a stage with like 20 different screens in it. And then comes, the, so that's the part when we're talking about things being very difficult. It's like, then comes the part though, like what the fuck am I gonna do with 20 different screens? Right? I can't imagine what to do with two screens. So uh, maybe yeah. I can. And yeah, I probably could. Five screens would be tough, though. I, I found some. Maybe tricks. I could do five. I don't know. <laughs> ten. All right. Ten would be tough for me. <laughs> I've, I've really managed to get some new tricks. And there's also some some tools now you can use to just kind of like you can also like toggle, put the one screen on right now. You can do like stroboscopes for all the screens and stuff. Um, there's a lot possible, but I. I found out, like, I actually sometimes teach people also mm-hmm. how this stuff works. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, stuff you really need to learn. Like, uh, just, it, it isn't like you come out there and you plug in, like, an HDMI cable and the stuff works. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the responsibilities you have on a festival are pretty huge. And, and uh, to the point where it can get very annoying with, like, big acts who, like, start walking over to you with, like, a USB stick with a logo. And I'm like, yeah, I got... 30 different screens. <laughs> what do you expect me to do with your logo? And they're like, yeah, just do something. And it's like, uh, sorry, bro, I'm actually mixing <laughs> on, on this DJ right now. Like, I don't got time for this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's People kind of- email me while I'm mixing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but can you do this? And then the, the, the production manager comes at me. Hey, Timothy, did you reply to the email? I'm like, I'm... VJing right now. I'm doing your show. <laughs> like I can't reply to the email. 
Dude, that's like basically a DJ that's playing like their set, yeah. and then some drunk girl shows up being like, yo, can you play some uh, Britney Spears yeah. or you know, or yeah. something like that, right? But then the drunken girl is like a manager of like a big artist, and I don't like these people. <laughs> you prefer the drunken girl with big tits, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely drunken girls who come at me and like, can you play Drake? I'm like, no, I can't play Drake. <laughs> and then sometimes they just keep asking. I've, I've had moments where I just like, no, go away, leave me alone. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm the VJ, not the DJ. Oh. I don't play the music. Oh Talk to the guy God. over there with the records. I'm going to be honest. Some, sometimes it really, it really gets to me. Like, yo, I'm, I'm in the middle of this. And you're like <laughs> asking me the most stupid question. And you're, ah, I don't know. Where is the bathroom? <laughs> uh, do I get a drink ticket? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's like, annoying. Yeah. yeah. Especially in Amsterdam, when people get really wasted, I'm sure they come up with some stupid questions. Yeah. God, I don't know. That's the yeah. problem about being a performer and shit. But yeah. going back to like, all right, you've got 30 screens sometimes mm-hmm. at the festivals. You play a lot of festivals. You play a shit ton of clubs. Mm-hmm. You play all over the world. You're playing mm-hmm. in Tokyo in two mm-hmm. days. You're in Tokyo now. Yeah. You were just in uh, Bali playing there. You're in Hong yeah. Kong. And um, the thing is, if you do have 30 screens and you run out of ideas for images, mm-hmm. do you have like a go-to image or a go-to video? You're like, oh, God, I've got uh, I've got 19 <laughs> videos. I need just one more for 20. What, what is that? Do you have a, I, I would go to titties. I'm like, oh, my yeah, God, I yeah. need to put in the titties video. And then everybody's happy. You should come work for me. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right, over 300 different kinds of beer. And, of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need. And, of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously, got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five-minute walk from the station. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, Faders? Got Faded Japan has got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Gamuso Bar, located in Asagaya, Tokyo. If you're kicking it in Tokyo and you want to get your groove on, get your fade on, you better get your ass down to Gamuso. Gamuso is located in Asagaya. It's about 11 minutes from Shinjuku Station on the Chuo Line. Gamuso has weekly bands, weekly performances. And hell, if you got your own event and you want to hold it at Gamuso, we'd love to host you. So contact Gamuso at www.gamuso.com. That's www.gamuso.com. That's right. Gamuso has not only beers in the bottle, but beers on tap. We've got every drink you want, so come on down to Gamuso. Gamuso, and if I'm working, tip me. Hey, yo, what's up, Baders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Prepa. What's up, faders? Do you like our show? Of course you fucking do. That's why you're tuned in. But have you ever asked yourself if you could get more out of your got faded experience? Well, now here's your chance because we are proud to announce our very own Patreon page. But don't freak out. Our podcast was and always will be free, but with your generous donations, we hope to improve it. 
And since we're all about fan appreciation, we've got the sweet, sweet rewards for our donors. Rewards include, but not limited to, shout-outs, bonus content for interviews and news stories, chances to appear on our show, and even gift packages sent direct to your door. For more information, check out our Patreon page. <laughs> I'm, I actually don't do 20 different pictures on, like, 20 different screens. That would be a mess. Would be like weird. That the maybe it can be cool too. But um, yeah, I have a lot, man. I I have stuff. I also have like funny visuals and stuff. Uh, I, I I do these things where I, I when the party gets drunk and stuff, I kind of have like funny drunken visuals and shit, and they really work. Like people start start filming the screen and like start laughing. And <laughs> That's awesome. I've got a couple of like little viral moments in my set and it's crazy i've heard these things go low-key viral sometimes where like a little bit of influencer put it on their stories and stuff but i never really got to see it myself so mm-hmm. also because people uh, I'm, I'm kind of like a ghost producer mm-hmm. people don't understand what i do they well, see that's why we're here right now yeah, but also in amsterdam they, they see me behind this laptop and they think i'm a dj mm-hmm. <coughs> no it's really crazy to think about it because they're really watching, they're checking out the show, they love the show, but the thing in their head doesn't really click that there's somebody actually putting it on at that moment. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy because it's also so synced up to the music and like it really works with the music, but people... Well, that's just, how good you are, man. The kind of, it's funny because like a consumer, they don't just really know it, they appreciate it, but they don't also really care about like the technical part or how it's done or, or um, um, how it's how it's they, they, they just don't see it or realize it. They just come out there to have a good time, I guess. Well, the thing is, though, it's like when I'm painting, mm-hmm. when I'm painting, people don't really give a shit until it's like. 90% done. Yeah. Once it's 90%, I mean, people show up and they're, they're yeah. watching me paint. They're like, oh, that's cool. They come back maybe like 30 minutes later, mm-hmm. an hour later. Oh, okay, that's cool. They take a picture. Mm-hmm. And then, at, like, it's always, it's always like when I'm at 90%, you know, it's, yeah. I've, I've been there for like maybe like four or five hours and shit, yeah. and I'm painting this big, huge yeah. piece and stuff. All of a sudden, every, there's, I look back and there's like this huge wall of people. And, and, you know, it's usually the beginning when I'm painting and shit. People are talking shit. What the fuck is this? What's this guy doing? Blah, 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 blah. But then when it's like 90% finished, people are like, oh, shit, what the, oh, man. They're taking pictures and shit and trying to talk yeah. to me and buy me this and drinks or whatever. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just, it's at 90%. Once they realize what's going on, then they appreciate it. Maybe yeah. it's like the VJ. When they see you behind, like, the, the, the Macintosh, behind, mm-hmm. like, the Macintosh and all your equipment, yeah. they're just like, oh, what's this guy doing, blah, blah, blah. And then once maybe yeah. if once they notice that you are doing yeah. all those visuals it's and putting like, them together, yeah. then in their their drunken wasted mind, they're like, oh, this is the shit. Yeah. So <coughs> it's it's kind of funny because so the thing with the painting is like I'm I'm not standing next to the screen. I'm usually like across the room at a mm. different place. So it's a lot of people when they say I'm a VJ, then first they're like, oh, you're a DJ. No, I'm a VJ. Oh, so you do lights? No, I do projections, visual projections in clubs. And they're like, oh, uh, yeah. And they kind of don't understand what I'm saying, but they're like, oh, it sounds cool or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, or I never really thought about it. Or, and there's just a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, I never really looked at the visuals or something, right? There's also a lot of people who, who have that, so... But there's some people that all they do is look at the visuals. Yeah, you know, those people like that are like, me, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> yeah, well, that's me, definitely. Like, I, I, I it definitely was like part of me was like, I, I really loved seeing visuals at shows. And the craziest part is that I accidentally think that when I was starting, when I was like 18 years old, I would go to festivals and I've seen, I think, the most prolific progressive dope as visual stuff and i didn't even know this was like the top of the bill like creatively mm-hmm. i just thought there's a lot of acts like that mm-hmm. who really put the work in the show and then later i started checking them like yo i actually saw like the how you call it the the cream of the cut or something like i saw the the, the, the cherry on top i guess like i saw the best shit the dopest shit that's mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. And I was basically just going to these shows and checking out the, the things they were doing. And later on, I realized, like, yo, that's, that was the best homework I could ever do. 
Yeah. Well, that's a cool thing about Amsterdam, though. Amsterdam is just known for clubs and partying and mm. stuff. So every DJ, every major DJ in the mm. world is performed at Melkvig or some of the other uh, like major clubs there and stuff, yeah. you know, myself included. Mm. And uh, the thing is, it's just like, I mean, living there, actually, mm. same thing with Tokyo, though. Living mm. here, I guess like living in these kind of cities mm. or people that live in New York or Los Angeles, yeah. you do get spoiled because everybody mm. goes there and you can check out like the, the best music or the best fucking like DJs, VJs or fucking mm -hmm. painters, slide painters. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you can't get that, that uh, I guess, yeah. uh, saturation. I, not yeah. saturation, that's not the word, but that um, group, you know. Yeah. But the thing is also... So you took me to the art battle. Yeah, yeah, the art battle. This Saturday you took me to the art battle and like I got to see like four of over like nine of Tokyo's new... Uh, dope ass artists make a painting in 20 minutes and it's like yeah the art battle is pretty sweet imagine if you're just an artist and you go there I need another beer it will teach you how to do art basically it's like a learning moment also it's not like you're going there to study but it's gonna inspire you and it's gonna maybe you know right no that's true Going to the art battles is amazing on many different levels. When you go there, you can see a lot of... I mean, every artist that's up there is a different kind of artist. you got fine art, you got pop art, you've got uh, lowbrow art, you've got everything up there. And they're all battling each other, and they got 20 minutes to make a painting. And it is absolutely spectacular to see them work as fast as they... I mean, they're working super mm. fast. And it's so time cool. starts because time starts going slower when you're dead. Or the, the 20 minutes definitely feel like an hour or something. Like you see the clock ticking and everybody's working so hard. And like in, in I've seen people put in like a basis of a painting in like three minutes. Um, and you're like, oh wow, you still have 17 minutes to go. <laughs> It's, it, it becomes long, 20 minutes. It's crazy, man. Well, sometimes 20 minutes is too long. Like we saw that one guy at the yeah. first battle. Basically, he looked like he was finished. The painting was beautiful. Yeah. And then he threw like a bunch of like yellow shit up there. <laughs> and he fucked up the whole painting. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was my favorite. And the yeah. guy lost because, you know, he got <clears throat> carried away in the moment. I guess that's part yeah. of the battle, you know. I mean, it yeah. is a battle. It's like yeah. fucking war, dude. So, it's but really I mean, yeah, but I mean, so let me ask you about mm -hmm. this, though. I mean, let's talk about Japan. I mean, you're mm -hmm. in Japan. I mean, you've been all over Asia for your tour. But here in Japan, how has Japan inspired you to create your visuals for your gig on Friday? Which I want to talk about your gig on or your gig yeah. on Thursday. I want to talk Thursday. about that too. But how has like Tokyo or Japan inspired you? Um, well, I think the main thing that I'm gonna do is that um, you don't really have a big hip hop VJ here. I think. And that's no, not really at all. That's, it's usually pole dancers. Yeah, so... I'm, so, I mean, you're going to fucking yeah. change the world. I mean, the next time you come here on your next tour, maybe there's going to be like a million VJs for hip-hop clubs. I, I will be dancing to pole next time, definitely. <laughs> um, I'll be there, too. <laughs> it's my night job. Yeah. We'll, 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 Art's not paying <laughs> off. The podcast, we've lost... <laughs> we're losing sponsors. <laughs> so, please sign up for the Patreon page. Yeah. <laughs> we need it. you. Support Johnny Boy. Yeah. Um... I'm not sure actually if I'm gonna like I think I'm I'm kind of doing like a a, a hip hop party so I'm a hip hop VJ so the basis is gonna be doing what I do in Amsterdam and taking it here and in Bali it actually had a, like a real effect. I am doing a bit more like visuals also with my logo in it and stuff because uh, now I'm actually touring and I'm like a bit on the bill so I get announced as an artist VJing which not hap happens that often in Amsterdam sadly I, I've I've seen in Tokyo they really respect way more like putting VJs on the artwork and stuff they respect all the artists here in 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 Amsterdam it's it's a bit crazy and I've heard stories which go really deep into this but but a VJ is like I said kind of like a ghost producer or ghostwriter like you're invisible you're not on the flyer Um, and sometimes you are basically taking somebody's show to a next level in a way where it becomes like the new Tomorrowland or stuff like this. These these festivals rely heavily on like their visual production and the stuff mm -hmm. they do. That's what people are talking about, right? Yeah, it's I think like, so. I agree. Right? It's like, oh, there's all these DJs playing. Well, wow, have you seen the setup? Have you seen the stage? Wow, it's such an experience. The right? live painting was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's also festivals that rely on stuff like that, like, mm -hmm. like, like a lot of side programming they know, but some of the 
people come for the art, you know. People come for the little crazy experience in the corner mm-hmm. with drunken Johnny and his. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I drink after I finish. Really? I'll have, no, I have like one or two I drinks. No, I know. I know. I know. Nobody will believe me. Nobody will believe me. I know. They, no, no, no. I'll, I'll like, I'll dr- have a couple of drinks while I'm painting, but then when I finish the painting, then I get my fade on and shit. Because the yeah. most important thing is the artwork, dude. The artwork comes number one, and I'm sure it's the same thing with VJing and stuff. I mean, you'll have a drink or two just to loosen up and stuff. But I mean, the thing is though, when you finish VJing, mm-hmm. you know, and if if another VJ goes up there, pretty much, I mean, people, there's your VJ is gone. You know, yeah. somebody else's like visuals are on the fucking screen, right? But for me, when I when I paint. Once I leave or once I'm finished with that painting, that's there all night. So mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm wasted and I fuck up, you know, if you're gonna look up mm-hmm. at that and they can be like, Oh, that is whack. And so for the mm-hmm. whole event, I look like an asshole, you know? Yeah. Uh, so the thing is I don't drink, dude. I, I'll have one or two gin and tonics. That's usually what I do. And I drink gin and tonics because yeah. gin and tonics glow with black lights. So uh, when I'm drinking it, they look really cool. And people are like, What the fuck are you, are you drinking? drinking? Paint? Like- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's out of his <laughs> mind. <laughs> this guy's crazy. <laughs> oh, what the fuck is going on? No. Dude, this is weird. Man. And he's drinking paint while he's painting. Like, dude, come on, man, mellow down for us. <laughs> yeah, there's no mellow in my life, man. Not at all, dude. No. So the thing oh, is, I, d- wow. I don't, I don't drink while I'm painting until I finish. Once oh, I finish, no. dude. But what, what the thing is, once I finish, everybody buys me drinks and shit. You know, yeah, they're like, that's oh, that's awesome. Here. Yeah. These Japanese people are feeding you drunk, man. Shout out to DJ Hokuto for getting me really drunk yesterday. I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. Awesome. So has do you think mm-hmm. that Japan, your experience here in Japan and the visuals that you're going to record here in Japan, do you think yeah. that's going to affect your artwork in the future when you go back to Amsterdam and Europe? Um, yeah, so I'm going to do a little bit of filming out here and I might use that for my Fiji stuff. I probably will. I'm going to do some scenic shots, I think, in Akabira stuff and probably also going to shoot a little music video with Anthony, who was in the last podcast. We're working on that right now. He's really excited, so that's that's happening. Um, that's awesome, dude! I fucking love Anthony. Yeah, man. shout out to cool? him. Yeah, he's, dude, he's so yeah. he's so much fun, dude. Bright, bright guy. No, he's smart. Bright he's guy. super yeah, smart, yeah. dude. He's sharp, dude. Yeah, dude. Film everything and then go to a bar and get some drinks with that guy. Drinking with yeah. Anthony is so much fun. I did, uh. I did, I did twice actually already. Mm. Um, a lot of stuff I do is kind of inspired by, but it's 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 maybe a bit crazy to think. I have some Japanese inspired visuals, but I, I so I've been here two years ago. I think hip hop is like an international community, right? Yeah, of course. So I already get inspired by Japan since I'm like little, I guess, because I've been watching like anime and stuff, and and I mean, don't underestimate the fact that like. Dragon Ball Z or something is like one of the biggest media things that ever happened. Still is like the new movie came out and like you would expect Dragon Ball to be like old news. Everybody's hyped up for the shit. Mm-hmm. Right? People are taking their children who don't know what the fuck is happening. Why is this hair guy getting yellow hair and shit? And oh, Goku. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't know what a Super Saiyan is, but they're just like, oh, that's fucking awesome. He's a Super Saiyan. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching like anime and stuff since I was like... A little, I guess, and just for me to get out of it here, it's, it's just like a bit of a sort of homecoming where you finally enter like the yeah the home the home nest of where it's from, and and then you see all these comic book stores and and stuff like that. So the basis of the inspiration has all, always been there. Mm-hmm. It's just me feeling way more at home here and and doing um, yeah just what I do. That's awesome, man. And your show is going to be at Harlem this Thursday? Yeah. So uh, I, I was explaining to you, which is kind of funny, is that next to Amsterdam, there's a little city called Harlem. And uh, when New York was founded, it actually was called New Amsterdam. And uh, this was in a shady past. Let's not get into all the f- specifics. But... Um, yeah, it was called Amsterdam, and you had Brooklyn, which is Breukelen in Amsterdam. Like all these neighborhoods have been called after Dutch little cities and towns. And then in Tokyo, there's a club named after a part of New York, which is named after a part of Holland. So it's kind of funny that I'm in Club Harlem. 
And then awesome, I, I, I fly back to uh, Holland a couple of days later and actually drive past Harlem and, and uh, you know, it's like a full circle kind of thing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's awesome, cool, dude. you know. And it's really fun to see things like grow, grow that, that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, dude, in Harlem, dude, I mean, fucking, that's like the biggest hip-hop club in J- Japan, dude. I love it. I was there two years ago. So two years ago, I was um, just on a holiday here, and a friend of mine, DJ Waxfiend, he was touring here as a DJ. And I'd met Hokuto, DJ Hokuto, in Amsterdam before, because he would be touring um, Europe, and then Waxfiend would hook him up with some bookings in, in Holland and Amsterdam. And then... Uh, Hokuto hooked him up with some bookings here and stuff and I was just with him and I shot a video for him which turned out really nice I can maybe give you a link to that yeah dude totally um, yeah so that was like my little childhood dream just going to Japan and I was trying to do a bit of VJing but they were just like actually Hokuto already wanted to book me but there was this thing where Harlem had like a big celebration and they already booked like a VJ with like a whole mapping so yeah, it just wasn't meant to be for that that time. And um, yeah, this time around, I just decided I'm gonna travel for a month, and I'm just gonna take my gear with me, and I'm gonna see what happens, and I'm gonna have a lot of fun. And then I got booked two times. So yeah, it's really dope for me. It's really a blessing to be able to go to these cities and actually perform. You know, it's it's like a little childhood dream, I guess. It's fucking dope, man. Hey, man, the first time I played at uh, or painted, played whatever yeah. you call it. Well, the first time I went to Amsterdam and I painted there, dude, yeah. that was like a childhood dream, dude. I was like, dude, I'm in Amsterdam. The first club I painted at was at Melkvik. It was at this yeah. party called uh, Cable. And I yeah. did that for three years. I painted mm-hmm. at Cable and Melkvig until I met our mutual friend, the guy that booked you and the guy mm-hmm. that booked me, Peter. Yeah. And um, that's actually how we met through Peter yeah. and stuff. So I, I always called him my, my manager in Amsterdam <laughs> because every time I went to Amsterdam, Peter's like, all right, I got you per painting at this club, this yeah, club, this club, this yeah, club, yeah, this yeah. club. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, dude, I need to buy more canvases. That's, that's Peter, man. <laughs> yeah, he fucking hooked you up with all these fucking gigs every time I went out there and shit. And so fucking, yeah, but the first time I painted out there, I was like, dude, I can't believe I'm in Amsterdam and I'm painting. This no. is fucking awesome, dude. And a club milk fig and stuff, like, at the place where I was painting at, the room, it was mm-hmm. like a drum and bass jungle event called Cable, as I said. But it's like the next day, Oasis was supposed to perform there. And I was yeah. like, Oasis is going to play in this room? And I'm painting this fucking mural? This is fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was so, crazy, dude. So... The dopest thing about it to me is like when you go to a country, right, and you're traveling and like now I'm basically traveling on my own and I know some people somewhere and I just hook up, hook up with them. And I find that just being an artist and a creative, it, it opens a lot of doors for you to connect with like a local scene mm-hmm. because... People kind of know what you're doing. They kind of know what type of stuff you like. And they're like, yo, I kind of like that kind of stuff. So we should hang out or something, right? And that's to me the most important part that I go to Bali. I do the show, right? Mm-hmm. I meet all these people in Bali before the show was there. And I just told them, yo, yo, come first day. Come to Club Jenja. Mm-hmm. And people really went, right? They, they, like some people I'd met, met just for a minute. I'd be like, yo, yo, you should come over, right? And and all of a sudden you've built like this little tiny community for, for a day where you bring all these people together at, at a spot. Just because there's like a, a, a duel, how do you call it? There's... A function to what you're doing you're there with a goal that's that's what i'm trying to say and everybody yeah. can share the goal with you or they're mm-hmm. like oh he's gonna do that that's cool i want to go too so mm-hmm. everybody starts supporting the goal well i mean after anybody like looks at your vj skills on youtube and mm-hmm. checks out like some of the festivals that you painted at and you're like mm-hmm. dude there's like a couple of videos where you're on stage and the yeah. camera's pre- like looking the camera's pointed at you and at your vj and your VJs like on the monitor and stuff. I'm, mm. I'm getting fucking faded. And then the camera switches around, and there's like ten thousand people in this fucking auditorium, just yeah. going crazy, dude. Yeah. So if somebody saw that, they're like, uh, yeah. They instantly know that you're fucking the shit, dude. <laughs> I guess, because yeah, I mean, yeah, the thing yeah. is, like, if I say I'm a painter, you say you're a VJ, and we go to a bar or something, mm-hmm. we say that people are like, oh, that's cool. But once they see your visual, your your, I mean, yeah. your resume, dude, it's pretty impressive, man. So I mean, if you're yeah. if you're in a place like Bali and you're like, yeah, this is what I do, dude. I'm sure like everyone's like, yo, 
Jesus just came back, man. <laughs> and you kind of look like Jesus yeah. too, by the way, with your beard and your hair. <laughs> he came back, dude. He's uh, walking on water, and he has a VHS. Yeah. He's got everything. <laughs> I mean, ev- everybody's just looking for a good time, and and and. Bro, I've been really, really, really blessed like the last few years with a lot of opportunities to do some things that you would never really think will happen. Like we also toured through the Netherlands and stuff. And I kind of like, basically when I was younger, I would go to these festivals and like the act comes up and you see the DJ walking to the booth and mm-hmm. you just always have like this little vibe with it. Like, yo, these guys have been traveling and they just get here. They do the show, have a good time. Like It's like a dream, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden more and more you start getting in these situations and and to the point where it's like yo i just made like ten thousand people's day like like and we did it like on on the festival you're talking about this lowlands festival which is like like the biggest festival in the netherlands for like pop culture and stuff uh, last year they had like kendrick lamar and uh nerd with feral williams and the gorillas as the headliners. so That's pretty impressive. Right? And yeah. then after that, we do a show in, like, the same festival. So they have just seen a concert of NERD. And that's like, yo, we're going to the hip-hop stage. And actually, by a glitch, I, I was on stage instead of in the front of house. Uh, because they just... The, the production just was, oh, but you have a VJ, right? Yeah, we put this table up for him. So I'm like walking on the stage there and like... Uh, I'm with these guys? Do you get nervous in that kind of a situation where you're on stage with all these like hip-hop gods? Um, No, I don't get nervous. I would. I I, I get like a a, a sort of stress, which which, I have to say drinking beer kind of makes you burpy during during the interview, but... What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dad, I'm on my third beer. We're okay. Yeah. Um, I, ne- I I always have this thing where I'm like, and I know some other DJs that have it too. Like when the gig comes up, they they just start throwing their game face. Like yo yo, we gotta take care of this shit, right? Ah, so the game face, I love the game face. Right? Yeah, I got and, it and, too. And, and and you know like the stress will always fuck you over. Like if you if you're afraid, you know it's gonna fuck you over. So the whole option of being afraid of the gig is just not there. And it's not an option. I must say I had it a little at the like the lowlands because I couldn't see the screen I was VJing on because it was behind me. And I would like look over and like the whole gig I was like, yo, I don't know if I did it right. And then I started seeing what happened, like the f- the footage of the video of, of uh, Paul Weiser who, who was shooting uh, for me. Um, and I was like, holy shit, man. And like at the end of the gig, I was like, yo, this is, this is how it feels, man. This is... Like it felt like I was the band. Like like this is you were the band, dude. Right? It's like when you're with a band and you're touring. It's like whether you're a drummer or you're a VJ. So I'm like a VJ. I was I was over there with two two of Holland's biggest uh, hip hop DJs, and yeah, and MC was there, uh, Leroy, and yeah, it just felt like yo, this is how it is like for a band to do a big festival show and and yeah that, yep. that, yeah that was yep. amazing man like uh, also just like my phone just started bursting while I was there just because I was on stage mm-hmm. all of a sudden people really started seeing more like yo he's like doing the visual stuff because I was looking back to the screen all the time and and um yeah yeah that that gig really did a lot for me it really uh, was a good thing to be able to be there and, and uh, be at the, the most prolific festival of, of the Netherlands. No, dude, it's a fucking amazing video and you did a fucking amazing job, dude. When you look at the visuals and you're up there and you're fucking like throwing your hands up and shit, <laughs> you're fucking concentrating, dude. Yeah. It looks like you're building like the pyramids or something, dude. Mm-hmm. You're like in deep concentration, but you're still having a good time, man. Yeah, yeah dude, those videos are fucking great, dude. Yeah. So I, I kind of hope by doing stuff like that and dropping some of these videos sometimes that I can uh, you know also put like VJing a bit more in the picture because I think it is still a bit underrated and I mean uh, I can drop on the low that it happens at like big EDM festivals that the DJ doesn't play actually what? and the VJ basically is putting out the music but he's not mixing so it's a pre-mix what the fuck are you saying? Are you saying that the VJ and the DJ in cahoots, whereas basically they have everything already in sync and they're faking it? Yeah, in, in some scenes they do. 
All right, uh, don't say anybody's names because no, we, we don't want to get it. We don't want to blacklist ourselves. Um, like that. Don't. All right. All right. I'm, I'm not it's Justin Bieber, isn't it? Justin no. Bieber does. <laughs> Justin Bieber is all. He's the master behind me and all this good no. shit. No, no but but I mean, I, I I know a VJ who was doing a stage at Tomorrowland, and he said multiple acts didn't mix their own stuff, but they are they're dancing on the stage and acting like they're DJing, but they're too insecure to actually do their set. Which means their set has been pre-recorded and probably they recorded that themselves. So it is their set, but they're just. Do you faking. want me? Do you want me to edit this out when no, we sober no, no, up? No, no. Tomorrow, I, <laughs> because I'm not calling names. Johnny, you have to say, take that out. People You're gonna kill my career. No, 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 no. The thing is, oh, that was a real burp. For, okay, the thing is, it kind of gets a bit like weird when you're a vj and something like that happens right so you are live vjing you are building a show up and there's these people dancing on stage and everybody's like oh my god have you seen them they were so awesome oh my god the best show ever is like so and so and it's like they're calling the band's name but they're they're like milli vanilli of like electronic music yeah and that's really a big thing definitely in the edm scene in in hip-hop it's gonna be harder but I, i i I I think it's also happening low key a bit in hip hop. I haven't had it. Um, when I do live painting, everything is not said. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually me up there. <laughs> well, imagine right, you were live painting on a stage and and uh, it's like a robot and, instead. And somebody's not really <laughs> drawing. And at the end, they're like, "Oh my god, that DJ is so awesome!" And he's not just DJing; he actually has an artist. And they're like praising him, and he's not even DJing. Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Get, I'm not gonna Imagine, ruin my right? career, dude. My career's doing okay right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not great, not good, but it's all right. Ima- Imagine, right? It's yeah. it's 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 uh, it's definitely also an industry and. Um, yeah, like Milli Vanilli is a good example. Like that kind of stuff uh, has been happening. And yeah, there's also just a lot of artists who I think can do way more than what they're doing. Like with their performance. Wait, you mean they got so big that they started getting lazy? Yeah, well, some of some artists, definitely in the hip-hop right now, they never did the small venue. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the most... Uh, bad things for your show like being an artist throwing shows is uh, so first off a small show to me usually is a better show right um yeah it's more intimate right so so if you never had that experience as an artist and you just start doing these very big shows with a lot of people it's probably too big for you to fathom and you're just gonna go out there and do it and then not think about it too much because it's just too big for your for, for your head right mm. and i think it's kind of crazy so I, I i've had like sometimes a bit of a struggle where like these management guys so as i was saying they come up with like a logo or something and i'm every time that happens i'm just kind of like thinking like yo man you're getting booked for tens of thousands of euros and this is like your show element mm. that you're basically saying I don't understand what you're doing. I don't uh, uh, know what the fuck uh, is to deal with this whole visual thing. Uh, put my logo on there. Mm-hmm. Like, they never really fought out the, the key show elements, right? Mm-hmm. They never really fought like, yo, there's a VJ, there are visuals here. We can put up a real show down here, yeah. right? Do you think that's because of management? Maybe management tells them what to do or... Maybe they're uh, also, puppets, or I mean, maybe it's a cl- collaboration of or a combination of all sorts of different things. I I don't know. I don't know how the scene works at all, really, when it comes to like hip hop. I think I think in some of these guys, like in the let's say if you're a rapper from from America or something, a big part of the scene in 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 the U.S. is actually like strip clubs and stuff, performing mm-hmm. over there, and they pay like way more than just a venue. And I think uh, Europe has maybe a bit more of like a pop culture scene than than the US, I think. Mm-hmm. Like the way they are programmed and the bands that get booked, right? I mean, I'm not sure. I think most Euro- European bands also do gigs in the US or they do a tour or something. Um, to be honest, I don't know. When I go to Europe and shit, I'm only like painting at techno clubs usually. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I just think they grew they grew too fast, man. And I think there's there's artists like Travis Scott, Drake, Beyonce, Jay Z. They put on amazing big shows. Like I went to Drake's show; it was like an audio visual spectacle. And I saw uh, Jay Z and Beyonce. They had a stage with over fifty dancers. We were in the stage, mm-hmm. so they had built like these little little cubicles where dancers were in. Fifty of them. Right, that's amazing. Like or Beyonce, like, I got it. Yeah, right. She's amazing. They they have stage parts that lift into the air with like CO two cannons underneath, and at one point the artist is above you. Just like Kiss. Yeah, stuff like that. That's freaking amazing. And then at the other side of the coin, there's like artists that are basically in the same scene as Beyonce and stuff, and all they do is just take the bookings and take the money, and their show is kind of crap. They have sometimes a DJ who can DJ or something like, and it's just like I've seen really bad shit. I, I I'm not I'm, again I'm not naming this. I have had an artist. Don't say any names, dude. Don't kill your career. Yeah, well, do people have killed their careers on this show multiple well, times? Well, I'm, you've I never can, heard of. A- <laughs> I can assure you that this artist is not listening to this podcast. But I'm I'm not calling out. We're kind of big in Europe. I don't know. We we, <laughs> no, we this got is a lot like of- a U.S. rapper. Uh, but oh, the rap. Well, it's maybe a- you never so- know. Okay, so this guy... It's MC Hammer. He's a listener. Yeah, yeah, MC Hammer. So MC Hammer... Vanilla Ice. He loves the show. Wait, does it like... Vanilla Ice, not like... So Vanilla Ice... Sorry, Vanilla. Sorry, Vanilla. Vanilla Ice... I gotta get more beer. Yeah. Here, have mine. Um, oh, dude, thanks. You, you drunk. So Vanilla Ice, his management sends me visuals a month in advance of the gig. So I check out the folder and it's like music videos with a logo on top. And that's it. No animated logo, nothing, just the logo. I'm like, what is this? Like, okay, whatever. He got the show. I can't fuck with Vanilla Ice's management. Vanilla Ice is a joke. I'm not talking about Vanilla Ice. Obviously, uh, yeah. It's not Vanilla Ice, but it's a guy. Let's say it's Elmo performing all right, or Big Bird. So Big Bird is performing at a big hip hop festival with all his bitches on stage. And, um,. So I see the visuals. You know what happens is that some days before the festival, I get an email, yo, did you get the visuals? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got it a long time ago. Okay, okay. Then on the day itself, like some management guy comes up to me, yo, did you get the visuals? I'm like, yeah, they're here. No, these are the visuals the guy sent you, we fired. I'm like, yo. <laughs> yo. That's some corporate shit right, right? there, man. It's that's some shit like, yo, we got a guy above a guy above a guy above a guy, and the guy that you dealt with, he got fired. So the guy above him is the guy above him. The guy above him is the guy that should have given you the visuals, yeah. but we got him right now for you, you know? Yeah, so then then the, the final little funny thing that happens <coughs> is that when people yeah. start wanting you to give you visuals while you're at the venue, while you're already playing... They're like, yeah, here's a download link. Uh, I'm like in an outside location. Uh, my laptop doesn't have 3G connection. And imagine if there's 20,000 people somewhere, maybe the 4G connection is not going to be that good, right? And they're just like, oh, yeah, I'll send you this 10 gigabyte pack here quick. And I'm like, yo, don't you have like a hard drive or something? Yeah, no, 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 we just sent the link. And it's like, ah, it's like so many of these stupid things happening where where. Uh, Do you ask for more money? There's no, no, no. That that's like also a bit of a problem. There's just a a lot of people involved with processes like that that are just passing things through and they don't know, they don't think about the situation itself. Right? I think they just don't understand it. Or they're more on like the business side of it. People that are in the business download the the link themselves. They just have a link. They're like, oh, this big. I can store this on my MacBook. It's full already for over four years because the drive is so small and shit. And then they 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 just pass it on. I'm like, yo, twenty gigabytes means I can't. If I'm downloading it a day advance, twenty gigabytes. Yeah, that shit like that. I'm like, yo, I can't leave my place right now because I have to basically be with my laptop because any time if the connection drops. I'm going to be re-downloading. Mm-hmm. So this can take me over five hours if it fucks up a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And if you're already performing, there's no way you could do it because yeah. the Wi-Fi there probably sucks too, you know? And then a situation happened in the Netherlands where a really big act started swearing on the VJs on stage because they didn't put his visuals up. 
That's some whack ass shit. Yeah, bro. Oh man, dude. Yeah, bro. Well, anyway, fuck that guy, man. <laughs> fuck that big bird, <laughs> motherfucker, dude. Fuck Seriously, big bird can suck it. Oh man, dude, Bickle, thank you so much, man, dude. So, all right, yeah. this Thursday, which is probably going to be last Thursday by the time everybody's <laughs> listening to this podcast, yeah. but um. Dude, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, yeah. How can people find your links? How can they find your videos? I would recommend following VJ Bickle on Instagram. I would recommend checking out my website. So I'm a VJ, but I'm also like a video director stuff. My website is more my video director stuff. But I also have like a bio page of my VJ work, which details a lot of the things I've done. Oh, I'm really burping right now. Um, Beer does that. Um, yeah, so Instagram is a good one. You can check me out on Facebook. Um, I mean, VJs aren't like big superstars with lots of followers and stuff. So actually what I really like to do, if you, if, if you enjoyed this podcast, you've seen the stuff I do, uh, follow me on Instagram and just hit me up, man. Send me a message. I, I like connecting with everybody. I like connecting with uh, different VJs. Um, yeah, man. And if, if if you're ever in Amsterdam, just holla. Uh, you can check out where I'm feeding. Uh, I may I might even hook you up with some stuff. And uh, yeah, man. Please go check out my shows. So if you follow me on Instagram, you can kind of see where I'm playing. And uh, yeah, man. Support visual culture. And and if you like stuff like VJs, you know, spread the word, man. It's it's uh, well appreciated. Awesome, dude. Timothy, Tim. VJ Bickle, let's get some more beers. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> let's fly. go to the bar, man. Faders, <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. All right, we'll see you next time. Peace. My own brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure. I can't take it. <laughs> I can't take it! I can't stand to it! <laughs> you sure I should do this, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Oh, man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.